What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radalescu, Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. As always, bring you incredible guests from all over the world. So sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest is a sober coach. She is also a podcast host, author, the founder of Sober Vibes and National Sober Day. Please welcome Courtney Anderson. Courtney, welcome to the show. Thank you so much to have me. I'm excited to talk to you today. Me too. I love having fellow hosts on the show because it's always fun to like yeah. connect with each other because mm-hmm. we're both like in this space. So that's mm-hmm. always fun. I've never had a sober coach on the show before. And okay. so I kind of want to hear your journey of becoming a sober coach because there's got to be a story behind that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So how I became a sober coach was because I actually got sober myself August 18th of 2012. Um, I spent 10 years in a um, active addiction with alcohol. I also explain it to as a toxic love affair that I had with this substance. So when I got sober, I did the 12 steps in the beginning. It was too much for me at the time. And then a couple of years later, I went back and participated in 12 steps and I was sitting there listening into, uh, listening in a meeting and I was sitting at a woman's table cause that's where I felt safe. Yeah. And I was like, there's gotta be something more. Yeah. So that was about three, four years. And, and at that time I was actually a health and fitness coach with, through a MLM and I, I loved coaching and at that meeting, that's when Sober Vibes was created because I wanted to make it more of an, an, um, an empowerment and really meeting people with where they were at, whether they were sober curious or sober, you know, or struggling in an active addiction. Everybody's story and, and journey is different. Sure. So from there, um, I waited until I started the coaching and Sober Vibes is an online community. And so, but I really started, I waited to start coaching with in, in sobriety when I was six years, because it was very important for me to, you know, do my road of recovery, sure, g- get healthy myself, not, not, you know, start dabbling into others. Right. So, um, so that's how sober coaching really got started, but it's been, it's been, you know, like Sober Vibes was created and then growing the online community. It's been baby steps. I like sure. baby stuff. Thanks. So that is how I got into sober coaching. So behind getting sober and having that toxic relationship, I love that, by the way, using that term. That's a great way to, to say it. Did you, were you self-medicating? Was there something that happened to you that you were turning to alcohol? Um, You know, I think... What what really started was I really started to drink at 19. Living in the suburbs of Detroit, you can go over to Windsor. It's like a 20-minute drive. You can go across the border in Canada, and their drinking age is 19. Yeah. So I absolutely fell in love with the bar scene nightlife. And what started off super innocent became something darker and darker and darker as the years went on. So to answer your question, yes. What I was medicating was my own personal, you know, trauma that I experienced growing up and in continued to experience trauma throughout my active addiction. So, and it was something that I just got stuck in. 
and you get stuck, you don't know how to get out, you try to justify everything, you try to bargain with yourself, you try to fit like, okay, I'm not going to have any tequila tonight because tequila yeah. really does it to me. I'm not going to drink any more wine because wine makes me loopy, you know, make sure I got to eat. So at 25, I knew in my soul that I was going to have to get sober one day, but from 25 to 29, I tried to moderate it and I try to fit alcohol into my life, which it no longer fit. It was a past the point of no return. So in becoming a sober coach, you've had the experience and you can relate to your clients that are trying, they're going down that path. I mean, isn't it a pretty common theme though that people that are maybe addicted or relying on a substance are self-medicating? Well, 100%. Yep. Or it eventually becomes that, right? They It sure. doesn't, because I don't, and nobody's relationship really with alcohol starts off of like, oh man, I'm going to have a problem. Sure. It, at different periods of your life, because I have seen it where it starts off for me, 19, a lot of uh, young people, it's like, this is what we do in college. But now I've seen it too, where it's like, okay, moms who are having kids and staying home with their babies, then their drinking starts. Or women whose children have left the house and getting divorced when they're older, then the drinking starts. So it really does. It, it's not... It's different for everybody. But yes, eventually I think it becomes something more of wanting to numb out and not feel. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think that's a common theme. And becoming, being a sober coach and helping them walk through getting to their sobriety, like what, what, how many, I mean, aside from the usual 12 step program that everybody knows about, mm -hmm. what kind of program do you take them through that you've created for your clients? My program is a lot of accountability and support and giving them holistic tools to be able to sit with themselves. I am by no means, I am not a doctor or anything of that. And you have to look at it too. It's like for such a long time, a lot of people were only given 12 steps in rehab and not a lot of people can afford rehab and not a lot of people vibed with, tw with 12 step programs. There's nothing wrong with either one of them, but it is, it is for me to coach some to coach somebody through it is really about being able to sit with yourself and go through that uncomfortable moments or having somebody to be accountable with to check in because a lot of people now are surrounding themselves or have been surrounding themselves by people who have enabled them yeah and it's it's okay with the enablers because people just don't know what else to do so a lot of women i end up working with have done it all yeah. And then eventually come to me and we work on it together. Majority, I have a program. It's an eight week program, you know, where it's like you got to get a solid two months underneath your belt to start forming that foundation, if not longer, because everybody's different. So I really meet I meet the person with where they're at. I don't have this like, OK, week one, we're going to do this. Week right. two, we're going to do it. It's tailored to the person. Yeah. No, I love that. And at what point does someone come to you and say, hey, I you know, really just feel like I need to get sober? When they're good and tired. Good and tired? When they're good and tired. I mean, honestly, um, there was a, a male I worked with actually last summer where he was in his early 50s and he wanted me to help him stay sober through vacations. Because he was like, I've been trying to do this, and then I go on vacation and I relapse. And oh, wow. I just talked to him um, about a month ago, and he's a year sober. So we like push through it, you know. But that's the thing; it's like and two for any. As we get older, those day ones 
are harder and harder to go back to and go through. So yeah, definitely when somebody's good and tired. Yeah, that's amazing. So is it, so you work with men and women and you say you help high achieving women quit drinking alcohol and thrive in sobriety. So is it only alcohol or do you help them get sober from other things as well? It's mainly alcohol. I mean, you know, I, I have worked with a couple people who um, who've had issues with drugs and, you know, which I have no problem. They just the verbiage, they just kind of switch it. it. You know, it's it's somebody who can get that. Not everybody can. So but yes, it's it's mainly alcohol. Why should someone consider becoming sober? They should consider it. If they, this is who I speak to, if it's a problem to you, I'm not saying anybody because there are people who can um, drink and not have a problem, right? Sure. But if it's no longer serving, if it's no longer serving you and you could have an extreme rock bottom or your extreme rock bottom can just be simply, you're now waking up with anxiety each morning. You're starting to brown out a little bit more and more. You're not remembering what you're saying to your children the night before. It's like, where does alcohol fit into your life, right? And if it's this thing where you're discovering, like, I can't no longer control this because alcohol does take over. Yeah. It does take over. And and there is, as I said earlier today in this episode, there's a point of no return. Even if you try moderator in it, a lot of people who try to moderate, end up be like, oh, hey, cool. I went six months. I don't have a problem. And then they go back to where they started. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So the, the person just has to to ask themselves, is this something that continuously harms me? Right. And is doing more good or more harm than good? What if they're in denial? Oh, well, they have to, yeah, the denial one's hard because a lot of people are in denial about that. You know, that's how with addiction where it takes you and where you're not seeing the bigger picture but that is just something that um you have to continue to push through and get over you have to i don't want to say get over yourself but you really do have to work through that it's an ego thing too working through it you know so for sure so what if somebody's listening to this and has a family member that might be struggling with sobriety which you know alcohol specifically and that person is in their family members in denial, what kind of advice would you give to them to help them um, with their family member? I would say to stop enabling, right? Like you, that family member at some point you have to look to be like, where, what role am I playing in this, right? Like, am I making this better for them or if I'm making it worse? And I will tell you, if you think that the person drinking around you is a safe space for them. It is not because all you're showing that person is that they can drink alcohol in front of you and you do not care. Right. So it's one of those things you you have to look at your own action and understand that you can't continue to help somebody that doesn't want to help themselves because there are some people who just will keep going, going, going and take, take, take. And some people don't want to get sober who have problems with alcohol. And at that point, you have to, it's almost like you have to start grieving them. I know that sounds very hard, but I've had to do it too with family members where it's like, you can't participate in that anymore because then what it's doing to you, yeah, you know? For sure. No, I totally agree. 
I just like to ask the questions, you know, in case someone is listening and says, hey, you know, I have someone, I know someone in my life that could use this, but they're in denial. So that's some good advice for them to just kind of consider when they listen to this. So I want to hear about National Sober Day. Yes. How did so, you start that? So How did that happen? <laughs> okay. So National Sober Day, um, I started in 2019. I was actually watching a reality show. And this girl um, started a, she started a national holiday. And I was like, oh my God. And she went through the process. She said, she was like, yeah. then I went to the website. I did all of this. And I was thinking, I was laying there and I was like, oh my God, I don't think that there's a national sober day. I know that there's national recovery month, which is in September. Right. It's like, but there's not a day. Like you have days of national vodka day, margarita day, wine donut day. day. <laughs> yes. Donut day. Like, so the next day I got up and I went to the website. I submitted my information. The woman emailed me back within a day or two. And she was like, yeah, you can have this holiday. Um, I, I did it for September 14th because I wanted to do it in National Recovery Month. But also, too, both my grandmothers passed away on September 14th of, of different years. So I wanted to honor them because I loved both of those women dearly. And but it's more paperwork paid. And there we go. So National Sober Day really is to bring more awareness to not only sobriety, but addiction. And when you you're in the space, when you're in the space, you have to understand that you got to talk about addiction and you got to talk about sobriety and recovery. They go hand in hand. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. How cool is that, though? So it was a fairly easy process then to create your own national holiday. Oh, my God. Yes. You can go to is it like National Calendar Day and you could go and, and see if there's a national holiday you want to create. Go and create it. That's pretty you cool. Yeah. Anybody listening, if you want to create a national holiday, now you know what to do. Right, uh, exactly. So what is the process like when somebody's interested in saying, you know, what? I heard Courtney on the Label Free podcast. I think I want to become sober. Um, when they reach out to you, what does that look like for them? Um, well, that, you know, if, if they're interested in working with me on one-on-one on -on -one coaching, they, they fill out an application and then we get on a Zoom and we have about a 30-minute consult and then see to if that is something that we are both interested in um working together because okay. some people you just don't vibe with and that is okay yeah um so we go through that process you know i also have a community called the fix that anybody can join in that it's actually only women and then i have all of my free resources of you know my instagram my own podcast all of that so there's just different levels of of help sure sure mm -hmm. Very cool. And where can people find you, connect with you, and learn more if they want to work with you? Yeah. Um, I hang out most on Instagram at Sober Vibes. I have my Sober Vibes podcast, and you can visit my um, my website, CourtneyRecovered.com, and then also to my book, Sober Vibes, A Guide to Thriving. The first three months without alcohol is coming out August 15th. So you can, yeah, you can pre-order that today. And that is uh, me as your coach walking you through that process. I share a little bit about my story in there, but it's really uh, having you build a solid foundation and what to expect those first three months, because those by far are the hardest, those first 90 days. You guys, I'm going to put those links in the show notes. So if you connect with Courtney or you know somebody that might need Courtney's help, or interested in listening to her podcast, go click the links, go check her out, go support her on, on social media, follow her there. That's the best thing you can do for us to learn more about what we offer. Um, so yeah, I'll put those links in the show notes. So take advantage of that. 
Courtney, tell us a little bit about your podcast and you know, what people can expect if they are going to tune into your show. Yeah, so the Sober Vibes podcast, I do I do one solo episode, one guest episode, and then my sister and I have a show within a show called Living on, on the Outledge. And my sister and I talk, there's a lot of humor, a lot of humor in that one. Well, we talk about family addiction and we talk about our relationship and, you know, because my sister is also a recovering alcoholic and crack addict. So my sister has her own story too. But also in this space, it's more about the family dynamic. And that is not talked about enough, right? And so my sister and I are very open with that. Um, so lots of inspiring uh, stories. My solo episodes are more of a coaching episode. And like I said, with with my sister and I, it's there's tears and there's laughs. Yeah. Yeah. I've got sisters, so I know how it goes. Those, yeah. Yeah, those conversations can be fun and then they can mm-hmm. be real like intense so that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You guys go go check out your favorite podcatcher for sober vibes podcast and go support courtney give her a five-star review and share with someone that you think that might need some help getting sober um you did share one success story with the gentleman that needed to get sober when you mm-hmm. went on vacation do you have another one you could share with us before we start saying goodbye uh yes so i mean even to another one of a woman that i helped uh, I mean, I have many, but another one, cause I still talk to her to this day. She has been sober for three years. I mean, and she was a pandemic sober baby. is what I like to call. Oh, wow. But I like, yeah, you know, cause I mean, that was a great time for people actually to utilize that time to get sober. And, and I know that, and even to, I have a couple of them as well in my Facebook group where that's just free of where people have, have tapped into that to utilize that for their own recovery. So, so yeah, so there's many stories of people who I have worked with who are still sober to this day. Well, good for her for during the pandemic. I think, I mean, I know I drink more during the pandemic. I'm like, what am I going to do? I was bored. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I tried to keep myself entertained as best as I could. And then I was, I was so happy when it was done because then I was back to the gym. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it, the pandemic was hard. It took a lot of people out of their structure, but like, Definitely just for getting sober, too, because it took the socialization aspect out of it. And that is such a fear of people when they get sober. Yeah, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Courtney, uh, this has been such a great, enlightening conversation. I, I love what you do. I think it's necessary, especially because so, alcohol is such an accepted uh, substance. Mm-hmm. Like, you watch TV, and it's just like you think that everything you do it has to be around drinking. You mm-hmm. know like mm-hmm. housewives, your TV shows, it's like everything is like it involves alcohol. So I think it's very hard for people to under- know where to draw the line when it comes to partaking in that substance because it can get a little bit out of control. Oh, yeah. I mean, alcohol is the only drug that we have to explain not using. Interesting. It's so embedded and ingrained in our society. It's like that's what that's what I'm saying. Like it's the only drug. Where if somebody is like, you want to drink and you say no, then you are asked, you are followed up with what, why, what's wrong with yeah. you? Are you pregnant? Like, and, and it's ridiculous. So that's why we have to change the conversation around it. And if a person says, no, thank you. Cool. What else can I get you? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, here, this made me think of something. What are you, what are your thoughts on like everybody's starting this? I mean, weed is everywhere now. Like you mm-hmm. can get it at the drop of a hat. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that with becoming sober? Uh, everybody's what people choose to do 
or use or whatnot. I mean, that I can't, that's their side of the street. I can't, you know. No, I, I know. I'm just saying but, something more acceptable like alcohol. It's like if you're not smoking pot, then what's wrong with you? Like I had my days smoking pot. I have zero interest in doing it ever again. None of the gum, yeah. nothing. I I've, I've, have zero interest. So like, but I, everywhere I go, I smell it everywhere. Everybody is smoking pot. It's like, it's becoming as accepted as alcohol. That's what I, what I feel. Yeah. I mean, I, I, with that, uh, you know, cause I, I just, I feel like with that as anything, if it's, if it's impacting your life in a negative way, yeah, then that's where you need to really be aware to that. Right. Because this is the thing. These are the most addictive things besides sugar and I'm, uh, you know, is the cell phone like people are addicted to yeah. cell phones and that has to be a mindfulness right like it's just it becomes a mindfulness but yeah i mean with the weed this is how i feel about the weed though i don't smoke i i use cbd i don't smoke because i will have to splash water on my face <laughs> but marijuana i have to say it's like i i have a girlfriend who has seizures and she uses it for her seizures i mean it's just that to me has more of an impact medical wise yeah than alcohol it's straight poison you're putting into your body yeah straight poison yeah all right well cool i just wanted to ask you that really quick now there are a lot of medical benefits to marijuana and thc so i agree with that but a lot of you know when you go out you smell it everywhere it's like they're not using it for medical reasons no no but the, but that's the same thing and i have to say for a long time i was a sober bartender oh, wow. so yeah so like i can compartmentalize things like and that's where i'm saying with if 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 marijuana is is negative for you great uh, same thing with alcohol if alcohol isn't affecting you in a negative way there's help out there besides just what we had offered for so many years yeah i love it courtney this is the part of the show where i like to ask for last words of wisdom or advice what would you like to leave with us today um just that if anybody is struggling as they're listening to this podcast to never give up on themselves and to if you've had a little bit of a relapse a bump in the road where don't let it take you down learn from it and move forward but don't ever 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 give up on yourself because you or you and your life is worth it Yes. Amen to that. Courtney, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and the importance of becoming sober. I'm sure that you're going to impact many lives out there, especially listening to this. And I just think it's great to to have those conversations at least, you know, because Mm -hmm. I know plenty of people that overserve, you know, I used to overserve myself and now I'm just like, yeah, you know, I don't want to do that. Well, first of all, I'm getting too old to do that. I don't want to do that anymore. So I think it's great. So thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.